Welcome to Truths for Life with Pastor Teacher Chris Hall. Just to kind of remind you about where we are in the uh, up to Revelation chapter 9, we have seen the seven seals of that scroll that the Lord Jesus takes from the hand of the Father. The Lord begins to open up those seals from that scroll, and as He does, the end-time events begin to happen and begin to occur. That will eventually lead up to the literal return of Jesus Christ to this earth. And so we've seen the Lord open up six of those seals. When He gets to to the seventh seal, He opens up that seal, and there are seven trumpets, uh, trumpet judgments that make up the uh, seventh seal. And then, as we shall see when we get to the seventh trumpet, we hear that one sound, we'll be introduced to seven bowl trumpets. So there's a series of 21 different judgments, acts of judgments of God upon the earth after the rapture of the church during the time of the Great Tribulation. So in Revelation chapter 9, we're at the point where the fifth angel sounds his trumpet. We shall see what happens. Now, this is during the time of the Great Tribulation. When will the tribulation occur? Well, the rapture of the church will first occur. And then in the aftermath of the uh, the rapture of the church, the world will be in chaos and uh, the world will uh, be in uh, confusion. And eventually there will emerge a a world leader who will become the, the leader of a worldwide coalition, a worldwide government. That leader will be known as the Antichrist, and he will sign a a treaty of security with the nation of Israel. When he does, that's when the seven years of tribulation begins. And so where we are now in the timeline probably is somewhere in the middle of uh, the time of the tribulation. And we'll get to those verses in Revelation chapter 9 in just a moment. First, we're going to pray, and we need to pray. These are days when certainly... We need to be praying and approaching the Lord and making our request to be known unto Him. Tonight we want to pray for those who are in need, and and we know that there are a lot of individual needs, a lot of individual problems that people are dealing with. And these are, you know, perilous times and chaotic days, and we know that people deal with a lot of things. And so we're going to be praying for those who are in need tonight. We're going to be praying for our church and for all churches. We're going to be praying that uh, God's will will be done. We're going to be praying for, for, uh, the, for the protection of uh, the, the church in America and around the world. And we're going to be praying just for our country and for those who are in need. So let's go to the Lord in prayer as we pray tonight. Heavenly Father, we thank you for a good and blessed day today. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace, your mercy, and your love, your protection, your provision your watch care, your grace. There's so much for us to be thankful for. And of course, our greatest thanksgiving to you is we thank you for the saving grace that we have through the Lord Jesus Christ who came into this world, the third person or second person of the Trinity, the Son of God coming into this world, taking on humanity, fully God, fully man, living that perfect and uh, sinless life which qualified him to be a sacrifice for our sins, and then willingly Jesus went to the cross. And in a way that we'll never fully understand, somehow, some way, our sins, the sins of the world were transferred to the Lord Jesus. He stood in our stead. He stood in our place. 
He accepted the wrath of God upon himself, the wrath that we deserve because of our sin and rebellion against God. Jesus literally gave himself for us. He died on the cross for our sins to satisfy the judgment of God against us. Then Jesus was buried and he rose again. And the promise is that all who will believe in Christ and give their life to Christ, our sins will be forgiven because of who Jesus is and what he has done. We'll be saved and changed, made into the children of God, blessed by your grace and by your mercy. We thank you for salvation in Jesus' name. We pray for the sick tonight. We pray for those who are in need tonight. We pray that you'll bless them and draw near to them. We pray that you'll give them healing and health and encouragement and guidance and direction in their life. And we pray that, uh, Lord, you will give them a sense of your presence, your peace, your power in their life tonight. We pray for America. We need revival. We need revival. Let it be shouted on the mountaintops. We need revival in this land. The churches of America need revival. Every church, all churches. We need revival. We need a fresh movement of the Holy Spirit of God in our church life in America today to revive us again and to set our souls afire for the needs of mankind and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we need a spiritual awakening on the streets and in the homes and among the families and the lives of people in our nation. Oh God, give us revival and give us that spiritual awakening we so desperately need Lord, protect us during these days. Watch over and care for us. Thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Tonight we want to read Revelation chapter 9, starting in verse 1. It's a little lengthy chapter, but we're going to look at all of this chapter tonight, and so let's read it together. Revelation chapter 9, starting in verse 1. Then the fifth angel sounded. This is the fifth trumpet of judgment. And John, the writer of the book of Revelation, said, And I saw a star fall from heaven to the earth. And to him was given the key to the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and smoke arose out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace. So the sun and the air were darkened because of the smoke of the pit. Then out of the smoke, locusts came upon the earth. And to them was given power as the scorpions of the earth have power. And they were commanded not to harm the grass of the earth or any green thing or any tree, but only those men who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. And they were not given authority to kill them, but to torment them for five months. And their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it strikes a man. In those days, men will seek death and will not find it. They will desire to die, and death will flee from them. The shape of the locusts were like horses prepared for battle. On their heads were crowns of something like gold, and their faces were like the faces of men. They had hair like women's hair, and their teeth were like lion's teeth. And they had breastplates like breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings were like the sound of chariots with many horses running into battle. They had tails like scorpions. They, there were stings in their tails, and the power was to hurt men five months. And they had as king over them the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, but in Greek he has the name Apollyon. One woe is past. Behold, still two more woes are coming after these things. Then the sixth angel sounded, 
And I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, Release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. So the four angels who had been prepared for the hour and day and month and year were released to kill a third of mankind. Now a number of the army of the horsemen was 200 million. I heard the number of them, John said. And thus I saw the horses in the vision. Those who sat on them had breastplates of fiery red, hyacinth blue, and sulfur yellow. And the heads of the horses were like the heads of lions. And out of their mouths came fire, smoke, and brimstone. By these three plagues, a third of mankind was killed by the fire and the smoke and the brimstone which came out of their mouths. For their power is in their mouth and in their tails. For their tails were like serpents having heads, and with them they do harm. But the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands, that they should worship demons and idols of gold, silver, brass, stone, and wood, which can neither see nor hear nor walk. They shall not, and they did not, repent of their murders or their sorceries or their sexual immorality or their thefts. So we have the seven seals. Then we have the seven trumpets. And eventually we'll get into the seven bowls. And we're in the middle of the trumpet uh, judgments at the moment. Today we look at two more of the terrible judgments that the Bible says will fall on those who rebel against God and reject His Son during the time of the tribulation. Now, we're not there yet. The tribulation will not occur until after the rapture of the church. The first trumpet, when the first angel sounds his trumpet, and we'll review the trumpets, which make up the, seven, uh, the seventh seal of the judgment, uh, of the scroll that is, Jesus is opening. The first trumpet... When the first angel sounded his trumpet, the world experiences hail and fire mixed with blood. And one-third of the world's trees are burned up in this plague, and all the grass is consumed. This will happen somewhere in the middle of the time of the tribulation. The second trumpet sounds, and in heaven a second angel sounds his trumpet, and the result is something like a huge mountain. All ablaze was thrown into the sea of the earth. And a third of the sea turns to blood, and a third of the ships sink, and a third of the ocean life dries. What happens when the third trumpet sounds? Well, the third trumpet affects the world's freshwater lakes and rivers instead of the oceans. Specifically, a great star blazing like a torch falls from the sky and po poisons a third of the water supply of the earth, the fresh water supply. The star is given the name Wormwood. And many people die as a result of this. The fourth trumpet that sounds the, uh, results in this. It brings about changes in the heavens. The Bible says in Revelation 8, 12, when the fourth trumpet sounds, a third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon, a third of the stars, so that a third of them turned dark. A third of the day was without light and also a third of the night. Now those are the first four trumpets that sound. Seven seals, the seventh seal is seven trumpets. The seventh trumpet is the seven bowls. So we're at the fifth trumpet somewhere in the middle of the time of the tribulation. So let's look at the fifth trumpet. The fifth trumpet judgment unleashes a massive demonic army. Yes, an army of demons. 
that will torment those on earth opposed to God and those who have rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. These verses tell us five things about this terrible demonic army that will be unleashed upon the earth during the time of the tribulation. Number one, these verses tell us this. These demons are currently imprisoned. They're imprisoned in a bottomless pit, a prison called the abyss. Now, who are demons? Well, demons are the fallen angels. Demons are those angels who joined Satan's failed rebellion against God. When these angels were cast out of heaven along with Satan, these fallen angels became the demons who are under Satan's control. Revelation chapter 12, verses 7 through 9 says this, And war broke out in heaven, and Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought, but they could not prevail. Nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels, those angels who follow, followed in his rebellion, were cast out with him. And so the angels, the demons are angels who followed Satan's rebellion, and when they were cast out of heaven, these fallen angels became demons. And they're under the control, under the organized command of Satan. Now, some of the demons roam the earth. They do the bidding of Satan. They are organized and carry out the purposes of Satan. Now, this happens in the unseen world, in the spiritual dimension that we can't see, but it's very, very real. And so some of these fallen angels, some of these demons roam the earth. Even to this day, demons are active in the world. Now, that may sound fantastic, but you know, the Bible simply reports these things, declares these things to be true, and they are true. There are demon forces at work in the world even to this day. To protect mankind, God apparently incarcerated a massive number of the more of the ferocious demons in a place, a prison, a spiritual prison called the bottomless pit. Now the bottomless pit is located somewhere now in the underworld, in the spiritual dimension. You say, Brother Chris, that sounds so fantastic. Well, it does sound fantastic. It sounds like something that we can't even begin to conceive. But the reality is it's very much a part of the Word of God. It's, it's recorded in the Word of God. And my friend, it is true. If John 3.16 is true, this is true as well. Here's the second thing we're told about the, the, the demon horde that is released when the fifth trumpet sounds. When the fifth trumpet sounds, God will allow this demon horde, this demon army to be released from their prison, their spiritual prison, to come upon the earth to torment the unsaved of the earth during the time of the tribulation. When released, this demon army will cover the earth like a swarm of locusts. The third thing about these demons is the outward appearance of these demons will be frightful. 
These demons will be powerful, swift, intelligent, fierce, and organized. They will be capable of inflicting intense mental, physical, and spiritual torment on those who oppose God during the time of the Great Tribulation. Their attacks on lost mankind will be commanded and coordinated by a demon leader called Apollyon, or the destroyer. Apollyon is one of Satan's most trusted leaders. Again, you say, well, this sounds so fantastic. It sounds like something Hollywood would write. This sounds like science fiction. But my friend, it's not science fiction. It's a part of the Word of God. And the Word of God tells us the truth. If any one part of the Word of God is not true, then none of it is true. The Word of God is built upon truth. And if any part is not true, then none of it is true and none of it can be trusted. Here's the fourth thing that is told to us about these demons. The torment caused by these demons will be unbearable. These demons will be allowed to sting those who do not have the mark of God, those who are not Christians, those who have received the mark of the beast, signifying allegiance to the Antichrist and his rebellion against God. The sting of these demons will be so painful that the lost will seek to end their misery through taking their own life. But that will not be allowed to happen. Every attempt at suicide as a result of the pain inflicted by the sting of these demons will be unsuccessful. The fifth thing about these demons and their attack that will happen during the end time and during the time of the tribulation is the attack of these demons will be limited. These demons will only be allowed to attack those who have rejected Jesus. And the time that these demons have to torment unbelievers will be limited to five months. There's no reason for us not to accept that, that five-month period as literal. Now, the question is this. These demons, who are followers of Satan, are attacking Satan's human followers. So why will these demons attack unbelievers? This is truly a house divided. Satan's demons are attacking Satan's human allies. So why would Satan attack his own followers? Because Satan is nothing but an evil and psychotic liar and a deceiver. Satan hates and wants to destroy every human being. Whether that person is a believer or unbeliever, Satan hates human beings because we are created in the image of God. And so Satan has no compunction at not only trying to attack believers, but his own followers as well. And during the time of the tribulation, during this awful time of existence, this demon horde will be allowed to attack the human followers of Satan through the Antichrist during the time of the tribulation. Jesus told the truth about Satan in John 10.10. 10. He said the thief, that is Satan, does not come except to steal, 
and to kill and to destroy. If a person has refused to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, then they are a follower of Satan. Jesus said they are a child of their father, the devil. Like the fallen angels, they have joined Satan's rebellion against God. Satan is the spiritual father, and he is the leader of every unbeliever. Satan is evil. He is the epitome of evil. Do not be deceived. Satan may promise a person the world, but the only thing he can eventually deliver is pain, suffering, death, and hell. So when the fifth trumpet sounds, this demon army is released to inflict pain upon the unbelievers of the world. Now you might say, well, why will God allow that to happen? It's a part of the judgment of the end time. Now, God takes seven years to unleash His final judgment upon a rebellious earth. He can do it immediately. God doesn't have to take seven years. So why, did he, why does He take seven years during the time of the Great Tribulation to deliver His final judgment upon a rebellious earth? Because in the midst of those seven years, He's offering grace and mercy. While He's handing out judgment, He's extending grace. And multitudes of people will be saved during the time of the tribulation. And so a person has to choose. Will I believe and follow Christ? Or will I reject and follow Satan? That decision determines everything. Determines the course of a person's life on this earth. And it determines their eternal destiny. So that's the fifth trumpet. Then another trumpet is sounded, the sixth trumpet. Now again, you have the seven seals. We've reached the seventh seal of that scroll that describes the end time judgments that Jesus is opening. The seventh seal reveals seven trumpets. We're at the sixth trumpet now of the seventh seal. When the sixth trumpet sounds, the Bible says, that a massive 200 million man army will arise from the east of the Euphrates River. The sixth trumpet reveals a demonic army that will cause tremendous chaos and pain during the time of the tribulation. The fifth trumpet reveals that. The sixth trumpet reveals a human army that will arise from the east that will bring about terrible destruction in warfare and rebellion during the time of the tribulation. Now, this massive 200 million man army appears to be a rebellion by a coalition of Asian countries. These countries come together to rebel against the rule of the Antichrist. Now, the Antichrist will be ruling the world, but try ruling the world. <laughs> a world full of unbelievers a world full of those who have rejected God. It would be like trying to herd cats. And so the coalition that the Antichrist builds at the beginning of the tribulation as time goes by, that coalition of world powers will begin to rebel even against the Antichrist. And all of a sudden, out of the East, here comes a 200 million man army 
who is rebelling, rebelling against the rule of the Antichrist. The Antichrist's failure to stop the judgments of God. He claims to be God himself. He claims to have all of this power. Why doesn't he stop all of these judgments that are coming upon the earth? The failure of the Antichrist to alleviate the world's suffering will probably prompt this attack. The Antichrist, which Daniel 8.24 says, will be a ruthless warrior, will viciously respond to this uprising with his own forces. This is a global warfare during the time of the tribulation. Coalition of the East re rebelling against the forces of the Antichrist. The Antichrist will marshal the forces of the world and there will be a tremendous warfare going on during the time of the tribulation. The loss of life by this conflict will be unimaginable. The Bible says that one-third of mankind alive at that time will be killed in this conflict. One out of every three persons who is alive at that time during the time of the tribulation will be killed in this war. We're not given any more of the details of this conflict and this war, but it will be devastating. So the fifth trumpet sounds, a demon army comes upon the earth. The sixth trumpet sounds, and a human army from the east comes and brings rebellion to the earth, which will result in unbelievable, unimaginable devastation and death. Despite all of the suffering and the death brought on by the judgments of God, many of those who will survive all of this will still refuse to repent of their sins and turn to God. You would think that with all of this going on, the whole world would stop and think and turn to God in repentance, seeking God's forgiveness and coming to Him. But the reality is that most who will be alive on the earth at this time, many, many, many who will be alive on the earth at this time, will defiantly refuse, even in the face of all of these judgments, to repent of their sins and turn to God. John notes that the tribulation world will be awash and rampant with idolatry, murder, crime, sorceries, which is another word for drug use. Sorcerers of that day would give those people who came to them, those who followed them, drugs to make them have hallucinations, and they would say that these are the actions of God upon their life. It was simply drug use. John says that the tribulation world will be awash in sexual perversion and immorality. The moral breakdown that is sweeping across our country and our world today, and it's going on, the moral breakdown that is sweeping across the world today will find its culmination during the time of the Great Tribulation. In spite of this, many people, instead of repenting as they see what's going on and they know God is at work, will refuse to repent. This poses a question. What will it take for some people to repent? What will it take for some people to turn away from a life of rebellion and sin and to turn to God, 
to receive his free offer of grace and mercy and forgiveness. God blesses them with health and blessings and many good things in life. And they ignore him. So many people today alive don't know that God blesses them every day with, with health and blessings and good things. And yet, day by day, they ignore God, the source of their blessings. They ignore him and they turn their back on him and they re live in rebellion against him. They deny him. God sees them through trouble and trials in their life. And they still don't turn to him. What will it take for some people to repent? God blesses them with good things. Then when bad things come in their life, they don't seek God. Here's the truth. The longer a person refuses to repent, the longer a person refuses to turn from their sin to God, the harder their heart becomes and the more set they are in rejection. Human beings tend toward fixation. In other words, what we are today, we will be more that way tomorrow. Slowly but surely, human beings tend toward fixation in their habits and in their life. And so today, a person may reject Christ. Tomorrow, it will be just a little bit easier to continue to reject Christ. And by the time the unsaved person reaches hell, their heart is forever set in unrepentance. You think of those people in hell today, those people who died without ever receiving Christ as their Savior and Lord, those people who died in rebellion and, and rejection of Christ, you think in hell they are now repentant, but that is not the case at all. The Bible says that hell will be a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. Gnashing of teeth is an indication of anger, not repentance. In other words, those people in hell are not repentant. They are angry. They are angry against God. They gnash their teeth in anger and hatred of God. If hearing of the love of Christ on the cross of Calvary won't cause a person to repent, if warning a lost person about hell won't cause them to repent, well, what will? All of these judgments falling upon the earth during the time of the tribulation. So many people refuse to repent. In fact, they become more hardened in their hatred and rejection of God. Someone may, somebody may say, well, I'll take my chance. If the rapture occurs, and I'm going to remember what you preach here. When all, when all this tribulation stuff starts on the earth, then I'm going to repent. But here's the response to that. No, you won't. You won't repent. It's right here in the Bible. They repented not. The time to repent and believe is now. Because if you wait until you die or wait until the rapture happens, when you die, it'll be too late. And when the rapture happens, it very likely will be too late for you to repent. In other words, come to Christ today. My friend, you don't want to be left behind. When the rapture happens, and it's going to happen, 
just as clear as Genesis 1-1 is true, that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, the fact that Jesus Christ is coming one day for His church to take His church out of this world is true. If it's not true, then none of the Bible's true. If one thing in the Bible is not true, then nothing in the Bible is true. The truths of the Bible are like links in a chain. If one is broken, they're all broken. You don't want to be left behind to face this world, to live in this world after the rapture during the time of the tribulation. Now that may sound fanciful to you. That may sound like something that is absolutely ridiculous. You may say, why would you believe such a thing? Huh. Well, the world said the same thing to old Noah. Building that boat out in the middle of nowhere, it's never rained. He's building a boat out on dry land, nowhere near the water, nowhere near the seas. He's talking about rain. It hadn't rained on the earth up to that point. They laughed at Noah, made fun of Noah, rejected his message until the day came that the first drips of water began to fall from the sky. And his message was confirmed as true. Jesus Christ is coming. Don't be left behind. There will be courageous witnesses for Christ, even in the wicked world of the tribulation. People will be saved. And perhaps there will be some who will repent and believe. Many, many, many will not. We're living in the last days. It's time for us as a church and as Christian people to be bold in sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with this world. Now, they will laugh at much of what we say. They will reject much of what we say. And yes, the world doesn't mind Christianity as long as it's not biblical. But biblical Christianity is the only kind of Christianity there is. The Bible is the inspired, infallible, and inerrant Word of God, true from the beginning to the end. What the Bible has said about the past is true, the present is true, and what the Bible says about what will happen in the future is true as well. Frightening study tonight. But remember that God is a God of judgment, yes, but He's also a God of grace. God would much rather forgive he would much rather save than condemn and judge. That's why Christ came into the world to make salvation possible. So I pray that you've trusted in Him. Thank you for joining us for our program today. Truth For Life with Pastor Teacher Chris Hall is a presentation of Hall Sports Communications. To contact us, you can send an email to chrishall71 at hotmail.com. That's chrishall71 at hotmail.com. Be sure to join us for our next program. Until then, stay safe and may God bless you.